remember from what you were listening to and perhaps watching Not Sauce for Work on the Hot Sauce Sports Network. I uh, I know I finally, I've been getting the show name right, but then I also forget to mention Hot Sauce Sports, Terry. Uh, Terry Tam, of course, is my co-host. He joins me wearing the beautiful New York Mets hat. How's it going, bud? I thought you were going to say the beautiful Hot Sauce Sports cities that you can get. Just DM us. That's I true. Yeah. I got white, gray, black, and blue. Well, the blues are crewnecks, but yeah, you can just send me, uh, send me a DM and we'll take care of it. Awesome, awesome. Dude. Do uh, reach out, get your hot sauce sports swag while it's hot because nobody wants cold swag. Speaking of cold swag, how's it going, Eagle? It's going well. Today's a rainy day. I had to use an umbrella. I feel like I'm getting old because I thought, hmm, I should probably bring an umbrella for my walk to the studio. Mm-hmm. You walk. Oh, it's true. You, you can walk. Hey, you know what? I always think about this. Like, how, what are the chances that a cop catches you? Like, let's say we finish the show at eight on the nose, right? And we have to get back that curfew. What are the chances that a cop catches you walking home? Like, I you, mean, you, you I've can already just, walked like, by walk. officers past the curfew on the way home from one of the shows. And I figure if you're within like 10, 15 minutes, I really don't think they're going to care. It's like the speed limit, right? If you're doing like yeah. 51, 55, they'll probably let you go. But if it's like 8.30, 9, 9.30, you're going to get pulled over or, or asked, hey, what are you doing type of thing. So no, yeah, but like, I, yeah, probably fine. How, like you can just like wall walk, like back against the wall and all the buildings. Nobody's ever going to see you. No, or just like really. jump, I gotta jump go, I got to go through gardens and fences and yeah, the old people are going to kill me. Yeah, jump in the jardines. That's an option. Like a Ninja Turtle. Yeah. yeah, I can go through the sewers. That'd be a good one. We did learn that in our youth. We learned that uh, that's how turtles best uh, get through the city. Or just wear your invisibility cloak. I mean, that usually worked for Harry Potter. It did work for him. It's true. Yeah. All these, all these are solutions. I actually had a friend who came to drop something off uh, on the weekend. Um, and like he was at my house at 7.55 on Sunday. And I was like, hey, dude. Um, I don't think you're going to make it to your home that's 20 minutes away in five minutes from now when the curfew starts. He's like, what do you mean? He didn't know that the curfew had moved from 9.30 to 8.00 p.m. 80. And this was the this was Sunday night. So later that night, he texted me saying, yeah, no, uh, I got home, didn't get pulled over. It's all good. And then I sent him uh, visuals of the riots. And uh, I was like, "Yeah, well, the cops are kind of busy." And Terry, you had you had this you had the uh, surprisingly controversial take this week that you know while protest is an, is important if it's something you believe in, vandalism is bad. I don't understand. It pissed more people off than LeBron versus Jordan. And this person who who said this to me, who's I like the guy, I respect him a lot. He has this take, and he says that my wires are crossed because I feel because I think that vandalizing isn't good. He, mm-hmm. my wires are crossed and I'm, there's something not working in my brain because I think that damaging people's property that have no stake in what you're trying to do is bad. I think that it's bad to vandalize someone's property. The, I'm the wrong one. The reason one. you're allegedly protesting is because of how this is hurting people and how this is hurting small businesses. If I, right? if these guys went and they egged the ghost house, I wouldn't have said anything. If these guys went I mean, and they damaged... Then. Even at that point, I mean, like, what do you? Yeah, everybody should just. Good. We're not promoting egging anyone's house. I mean, except, I used to egg up a lot Alex of people's Dean. houses in high school, except Alex the interns. Yeah, 
Just the image of Alex cleaning up the egg would probably make my year. <laughs> that's why. That's what I'm doing it for the visual. Yeah. Just so it would make my year. Um, you know what you should no, have but, done? Because you sent them a care package recently, right? You should have sent them a carton of eggs and said, throw this at your house and then clean it up. <laughs> and video it, please. <laughs> video it, please. No, I sent Alex a hoodie, uh, some Mike's barbecue rub sauces and rubs, and um, and the him. same and the same ring light. Well, he's not going to watch. And the same ring light that you have, please, so uh, we can get a better view of that beard. Uh, no, but people think I'm I'm the crazy one because I said you shouldn't vandalize. If you vandalize the uh, like a, the a government building, I'd be like, okay, whatever, you know what I mean. But like you're vandalizing people that are already struggling because of the pandemic that you're protesting. Yeah. So let's try and figure it out. You but know so. I mean? So the thing is, is that, um, and we had a similar take when there was the the riots in summer, where we said yeah. we absolutely stand with Black Lives Matter. We absolutely uh, believe that you know uh, these cases require attention for justice, but that you know, the the if the vandalism could be avoided, it should absolutely be avoided at all costs. And that um, what happens is that it takes it, it moves from the protest to, to to violence and and that's when you start seeing the arrests and even in this case here we saw people who were there saying even in your thread someone mentioned that once the fire was lit that's when the tear gas came out like the, the police were actually being tolerant of the protest which by the way i love how they're tolerant in certain protests and not others but we won't get done no, no, the reason Just why, yet, yeah, well, the thing is, is that a lot, a lot of cops are anti-lockdown, anti a lot of cops are anti-curfew, you know, they want people to, first of all, they lose a lot of overtime, Yeah. the cops actually want people to be able to go out and about because they, the, they make most of their money on overtime, and, and there was no benefit to, like, if you see a group of, like, the average age of that protest was, like, 22 years old because these kids can't go out late in house parties and whatever. You know what I mean? I get it. It's ruining the summer. They want to make sure that the summer, before the summer happens, they want to make sure to be able to do what they want to do. Pl and I plus, get it. admittedly, this time around, it's not really based on science. It's based on we think this is the right thing to do. So anyway, let's not go there. Exactly. So they think yeah, they, it's a policing measure. It's not it's not a, a scientific measure. Right. So like wearing yeah. a mask is backed by science. A curfew is just making it easier to to police people, essentially. Exactly. Exactly. You can't. It limits the amount of it limits the amount of exposure that this disease might get, right? Which I understand completely. But anyway, the government's mishandled this whole thing completely, and I think I don't think there's one person that agrees with what the government's done so far. But at the end of the day, is that they're protesting this, and the average age is like 22 years old. What do you expect these kids to do? All of a sudden, there's some random car that's on fire, and these kids don't realize that this car might be an Uber driver because he lost his job because of the pandemic. Yeah. He might be there delivering a fucking pizza to somebody or whatever, and his car has exploded now because these kids can't go out play basketball at 8 o'clock at night. Like, well, fuck yourselves. Like, Plus, what are you, anti-pizza? This person, it brings attention to the issue. It does. It brings attention to the but issue. So but so does the, the protest. Wrong, in the wrong the way. Exactly. Being so covered. Before the vandalism. And and we saw, I mean, we know the guy, but on MTL blog had like a 45-minute live feed on the first night. And we know the guy at the 30-minute mark. And it's probably the, probably one of the funniest five minutes of my life. Yeah, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. He's like, what, uh, you don't think I have a balcony? I can't wait to see all the memes. <laughs> I can't wait to see all the memes about him. Well, you know we should get him on now. He keeps on asking to come on the show. We should get him on now as that would like be the one time I'd allow it. Yeah, the balcony <laughs> guy. Not for sports analysis. Just and he has to he has to be on his balcony while he does it. Yeah, at all times. <laughs> okay, In I'll fact, let... we can we can build a whole character around him. We can. I'll let him know. Let him tacos know. from the balcony, baby. That's that, that, that's all it is. <laughs> um, I'm down for that. 
Uh, but we do have we do have a lot of stories uh, that don't involve the city of Montreal. As we always say, we are a um, we're not a Montreal specific podcast, but we are a podcast that is proudly uh, Montrealer. So we will discuss things that are that are uh, Montreal centric, but we will discuss sports topics from the world abound. What do you have coming up on weekly sauce this week, Terry? Uh, this week we have well, we just had Vincent Dernier on uh, on uh, the episode dropped on Tuesday. Mm-hmm. Uh, such honestly, such a great guy. He had a few good stories of uh, playing in the AHL. He plays in Bakersfield for Bakersfield for the Bakersfield Condo- Condors. He belongs to the Edmonton Oilers, which is the city that Alex lives in. So Alex sent him a message saying, "Hey, you're from Montreal. I live in Bakersfield. Let's get on the show." and Super nice guy. We, he he's actually good friends with Gio Fiore. We had him on last year, and uh, he's honestly a great guy, man. We talked about poutines. Uh, he told me his his favorite poutine in Montreal. Well, it's in Laval. It's a Chez Gérard there on Kirlabel. Which does it count though as being anything decent if it's in Laval? Oh, okay. Yeah, it's true. That's why. That's what I said. I'm like Laval's like the New Jersey of Montreal. Yeah, right? and it's uh, it's like the New Jersey of Earth. Exactly. Yeah. So. No, it was good, man. We had good. And next week we have uh, Chris Ackney of the Alouettes coming on. So remember, we we offer a lot at Hot Sauce Sports. We don't expect everyone to follow everything, but we do offer enough that uh, something will catch your interest. If it's this show, great. If it's Weekly Sauce, if it's Steven Zhang, if it's uh, Healthy Scratch, the Healthy Scratch boys have been doing some great work. Um, we we just we have a lot of of really good products out there for a lot of different people. So remember to like, subscribe, comment, throw stuff at Eagle, whatever it takes. Just do the thing it takes uh, to get the notifications that we're up, we're running, and to catch your favorite of Hot Sauce Sports products. Let's get to the news, Eagle. Ah, Terry, it's the news. Is it now? It is the news. Um, this was, so a lot of people were complaining about the Masters saying that, you know, it wasn't as exciting as previous years. It wasn't, um, you know, uh, Matsuyama, Matsuyama had such a, uh, a great lead going into Sunday that we kind of knew that, you know, unless he really, really, well, really he had, had a, he had a three or four stroke lead going into Sunday. He, he had a four stroke lead over Shifley, but there wasn't yeah. like a lot of other guys like, and, and I think the next. The next golfer was, I think, six strokes back. So I think six stroke lead is no. pretty safe. In so we had Matsuyama at eleven. Then you had Shoffley and Zalatoris at seven, and then you yeah. had uh, then you had uh, a Rose at six or seven. I think he finished at seven because Rose went by, by Rose, minus seven Rose on the was, first day. Rose was two, like he was, I think, six strokes back um, heading into Sunday. No, because Rose was seven minus seven after the first day, and then he went even the rest of the tournament. So he finished oh, at minus he, seven. My mistake. I thought he was. At, I thought he was at minus five or minus six. Going in, sorry, I, going be, up, going to the I Sunday. could be wrong. It could be like early on in the day he was six strokes back. But anyway, yeah, but so it wasn't I, boring. I found it a great tournament. I I, I yeah. loved Matsuyama. To me, had the most human moment where if you're an average hacker golfer like Terry and I. Um, Terry, you know, like the, the the course near my place, you know it. Uh, the first hole, there's like a water trap, but it's not a real water trap. It's 30 <laughs> yards in front of you, except that once per year where like I've been having a great summer, just crushing a ball. I will put, I will top the ball and it'll land in that water at least once a summer. Yeah. And that's like Matsuyama's first, first swing of the day was just like, I got a nice lead. I'm going to win the green jacket. Oh, shit. Shanked it. 
And then um, on his last putt, he uh, well, second to last putt, he to putt it for birdie, he missed it. It was like a five foot putt. And then yeah. he just knocked it in. He knocked it. So like, if he any if he had missed that one, he would have been tied with Zalatoris. It would have been his whole fucking playoff. It would have been crazy. But people saying that it was like what uneventful and stuff like that. Yeah. People don't realize that Matsuyama after the after the the rain delay went went minus six on eight holes. Yeah, I know. You know, he so like it's kind of the best thing that that happened to him was that he had that rain delay because he kind of caught his breath. Like he. Yeah. So I. I you know, people say like they use choke all the time in sports, and I always say that that's not actually possible in team sport. I, I the, the, the circumstances where I think someone can choke is the free throw line. Um, I I hesitate to even say uh, uh, a penalty kick in soccer because the goaltender is also involved, right? But like a free throw, like there's nothing between you and the basket. And golf, golf is a sport where you can absolutely choke because it's just you against the course, right? The other the yeah, other I players guess. in the field don't even matter. Yeah, that's a good point. Sorry, I but I had a great time watching Masters and the fact I that like and, and I, caught, I got a little nap in too, like right before the rain delay. Oh, you have it's to. the best thing, best thing yeah, in sports. Yeah. And the best part is that on I played golf on uh, when did I play? I played twice and I played on Saturday. I played Saturday golf and I got home thinking that I'd missed like half of the half of the Masters and I got home and there was a rain delay. Yeah, and I nice. was like, and I was like, "Fuck, man, this is amazing! I can't believe it." Oh no, Friday, oh Friday or Saturday, anyway, whatever the rain delay was. And I got home and I see, I turn on the TV and I see it says rain delay. I'm like, "Oh fuck, I'm not gonna miss it." So I ended up watching the rest of the round, which was sick to me. Yeah. And then I watched Sunday as well. But Sunday is perfect because you can take like, well, watching golf is good because you can take like, like two or three 20 minute naps in the middle, and you really miss much because they'll always flash back to like a few other holes and stuff, which is perfect. My Sunday was great. I was, I, I I smoked two pork shoulders, made some beer. Watch the Masters. It was, it was basically the best, the best that a Sunday can get, in my opinion. Um, again, Hideki Matsuyama wins. That's the big story because it's Japan's first winner of the Masters ever. Uh, but Will Zalatoris stole stole the show. Right. Uh, here's a tweet that was put out by Adam Sandler. Uh, Eagle, can you read it to us? Because it's small on my screen. Have fun today, young man. Mister Gilmore is watching you and very proud. And so uh, he pointed out that Salatorius looked a lot like his caddy in the famed golf movie, Billy Madison. It's, no, Happy Gilmore, man. Oh, sorry, Happy Gilmore. I'm sorry, man. I made a mistake. I'm I mean, sorry. Admit man. It, in, in Peace of Defense, it's basically the same movie, except one has school, a rich school kid and the other one is yeah, golfing. So Exactly. One second. Because I sold a chair online and the woman is... I don't know. She's bailing on it last second. So whatever. Fuck it. Uh, yeah. It's, it's funny because there was so many. The, there was like memes about this guy, about the actual caddy, like a few weeks ago, how he became like this doctor and stuff like that. And now there's this picture. It could legit be his son. This guy's yeah. Alatoris looks like he's 12 and he weighs 113 pounds. And he's actually, I think he's leading the tournament this weekend that they're in. I don't know. Um, Zalatoris is. Is, is a guy who's been like an up and comer for a little while. And between him and Matsuyama, I don't think the two of them weigh 300 pounds, but yeah. they both can absolutely mash that ball, man. Like, it's it's impressive like I, to see what they can do with that size. I hit my longest drive ever over over the week, over the weekend, and uh, it was probably about, like, 270 yards. And these guys are, like, that's, like, a layup for them. That's crazy to me. Yeah, I, I, I hit one a couple of years ago. It was 270, but, like, it was, like, downhill, the wind on yeah, my back rolling. in perfect conditions. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> these guys do that like eyes closed. You know, it, that's a bad swing for them. Um, but yeah, listen, Masters is it's it's the you know what it is. 
and we didn't really experience it this way last year, is there's so much stress and hype coming out of the NCAA tournament, especially if you do a show like ours where you're you're watching the games, you're trying to get storylines, all this. There's so much happening every day of the tournament that, like, you kind of need, like, a come down. And, like, the Masters is a nice come down event. Like, it's nice and relaxing. And um, it was great. It was really, really great to enjoy um, back in its normal time slot, back in its calendar. Uh, like, sort of it not being there was the, the mark of the pandemic. And I feel like it being where it was this year was sort of like a, a a bit of a return to normalcy that we've all been craving, um, but yeah, it was it was it was enjoyable. I, I had a good time. The um, the accusers' names have been starting to be uh, released as uh, defense attorney one hundred and one is you get the names to be public so that uh, the people who are alleged victims get to be now criticized and scrutinized in public in the public eye. It's it's tough because on one side you say, well, you know, you want people to put their names to accusations, but then the other side of it is, do the accusations ever come out if they don't at least have the ability to come out with them uh, anonymously to start with? <clears throat> I don't know what that was. Um, it's I don't think that these names should be released before there's any decision made. I mean, it's just it sucks. It sucks for I mean, well, decision because, like, by sentencing or whatever you want to call it. Once you go to, especially if this becomes uh, like a, a criminal case, then the names may be released at that point. Like depending on the case specifically, it's not always the case. Uh, with the, with I think there there needs to somebody needs to step in and say some judge needs to step in and say we need to hold these names because it's such a public case. Like we're talking about it, we live in Montreal. You know what I mean? Like this is happening in Houston, and we're actually talking. We've talked about this like five weeks in a row now, and I, I, these people are need to be protected. I believe, and this is where I, I, I am not a lawyer, so I'll preface with that, but because it is a civil case, the borough, or I think it's the state of Texas, if actually I'm not mistaken, has laws saying in civil cases you cannot file them anonymously on a complaint. Right? Oh. So if this was a criminal case with sexual assault allegations, I think there, they can actually hide behind the cover, but because there is a civil case, you can't do it anonymously. I think that's the, 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 the specifics regarding what's going on here. That's fucked up, man. That's fucked up because it's like you do this, you're already scared to come out because you're coming out against Deshaun Watson. And then you're coming out and then you have, regardless of how many people see this as, you know, if these people are victims, we need to protect them. There are some people that are saying that they're lying. So the the the, the bile that you see on the internet oh, yeah. about this is crazy. It's crazy. It's fucking, it's bananas. Like I, I avoid it on Twitter, man. There's someone who asked us for a job where I never even brought it to you guys because I don't want this person working with us. And then when I saw his take on it, I'm like, Oh no! I made the right decision, not wasting the guy's time bringing this guy for an in for an interview. Uh, because I'll tell you after the show. Okay. Uh, I don't want to give him any more attention than he than he's than he deserves. Basically, um, his take was, "I don't know uh, Deshaun Watson, but this has to be bullshit." And I was like, "Does that be bullshit?" Like, Do like you know we, the women like, no? are not saying he's Why guilty, it... but at the same time, yeah. we're, we're also saying, "Hey, there's something we got to look at too, right?" It's an accusation. Yeah. That, you can that's accuse what it. it is. Hey, listen, I, I'm 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 all for. There's a plenty of people out there that are opportunists, and they you know they lie to get something. And there's plenty of people out there that have sullied the names of 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 victims of sexual assault victims, stuff like that, because they've lied just because they wanted money or whatever. They've extorted people. Now this doesn't mean that every because it happened one time that everybody is trying to extort 
Deshaun Watson at this point. And I think they've already found like one or two names they removed because I don't know they couldn't find any evidence. It was like it wasn't a hard enough case. Like it's not a class action, right? Two have been dropped. One, one uh, sort of I don't know exactly the, the the situation, but there was an there was an issue with the filing. I don't know if it's evidence related or whatnot. And the other one was she just wouldn't do it unless she could do it anonymously. Yeah. But twenty, of the, I gotta say, twenty of the women still wanted to go forward even with their names attached. That that takes that does take some bravery. And honestly, if that is the case, it's definitely bravery. And if it's not, then this is extortion on a level we have never seen um when it comes to this kind of this kind of case so uh we're going to continue monitoring it we're going to see we're going to see it through uh and we will address it as we get more and more information and as it moves forward um aaron donald has an accusation against him as well it's an accusation of assault uh vincent spriggs he he caught a beating from uh aaron donald allegedly uh it was apparently aaron donald and associates and he posted the picture. He looked pretty worse for wear. Uh, details are still emerging about this. Aaron Donald's camp so far has denied uh, the involvement. Apparently, it happened at a nightclub. Apparently, uh, it was like a lot of people are saying like if like if this guy deserved to, like to get beat up. I don't know if like not if Aaron Donald beat him up, but like this guy deserved to get punched in the face for what he said or what he did or something. This is what I've seen, but I, I don't know what happened exactly. And deserving to get beat up, I understand, but there's some people that do deserve to punch in the face once in a while. Yeah, that. so if I'm if I'm a pro athlete, it's it would never be me doing the punching, right? Like, so I remember <laughs> Charles Barkley famously, you know, before an era of social media and camera phones and all that, he threw someone through a window at a club, uh, and it was the guy harassing. Because it, 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 the more you find out about Charles Barkley, you actually find out the the guy is look. He had a tough upbringing. He had a tough life early on in life, but he he's actually become a very generous, very nice very good human human being um but essentially this is a guy who was harassing him all night he threw him through a window and then charles barkley realized at that time he realized well this is too much for me this is too stressful um i don't want to lose my career for making this for, for, for taking care of business on my own end and he hired bodyguards and what he described it as it wasn't bodyguards for him it was bodyguards for the public so that he wouldn't lay the beat down on on the person in public, I love that thought process. Public. I love the thought process. I'm protecting you. I'm, I'm not protecting you, myself. Me, so they'll kick your ass. It's <laughs> me. This I'm paying for all of your security right now because I will beat the fuck out of you. Like well, that's because, what he's like, Also, like Charles Barkley is like, you know, like six eight, two sixty, right? Like he's a big dude, right? So um, six eight. I think he was closer to seven feet. No, 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 no. Charles Barkley was. Famously undersized. Also, his ass started at his neck. Yeah, his ass just started right under his chin. I'm yeah, actually he, surprised he, not more people do that. Like, imagine if you're like a UFC fighter and someone tries to like antagonize you. You almost want bodyguards to beat that guy up because if you beat him up, he's not gonna wake up tomorrow. Well, so many UFC fighters, oh, MMA fighters, they get sued because in pictures they're like, "Oh, choke me," you know, "choke me" in the pictures. So like a lot of guys don't do that anymore because they get sued and they have evidence that he's choking him. You know what Sorry, I mean? Like it's uh, so Charles Barkley was six foot six. Six six for real. Oh six, man. Six, and his ass was the rebounders of all time. Yeah, he for sure got like shit stains on his collar. Like that's how high his ass yeah. was. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's true. Like most of us have to worry about getting that yellow stain from the sweat. Charles Barkley, absolute <laughs> shit stain because his ass is right there. It reminds me of Eddie Murphy on Delirious when he talks about his uh, his manager, his tour manager. He's like, he's like, Doug's ass is way up here on his back. <laughs> 
He's like, he's like, when <laughs> I go to a restaurant, he's like, let me get my wallet. And he's like, and he yeah, that's it. That's why uh, Charles Markley, he was, uh, he was the big ass that cleaned up the glass. That was, that was one of his many, many nicknames. Really? Was that an actual name? Found a rebound. Uh, Britt Reed charged with DWI. Uh, this is no surprise. He was in a car altercation. Uh, it injured a five-year-old child uh, on Super Bowl week. This is another one I'll never understand. Eagle, you've been out with me many times. And this is something that, like, I don't even have any measure of fame or anything really to lose the same way that a guy like Britt Reed would would have. I constantly, constantly, constantly w- would Uber to bars, to restaurants, to weddings because, A, I don't like driving in the first place. And I, like, to me, it's just, it's never worth the risk, right? Like, the Uber's going to cost you 40 bucks. My God, would, would, a, would a trial like this will cost you in terms of your potential career, any fines, uh, any any bail that you got to pay, it's just awful. I, I don't understand how if you have any money at all, why you're not paying a driver to take you out at night. And, and yeah. this was particularly at the Super Bowl, right? Like he was driving around between like the hotel and the stadium or whatever it yeah. was, and yeah, not the but, smartest of moves. But also, he. I mean, we're assuming that Britt Reed has a bunch of money. You're, isn't you're, he? Isn't he like the 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 the, the runt son of the family? I mean, okay, fine, but let's just put in perspective. Whatever your salary is, I'm sure a assistant NFL coach makes at least that, and you can I, very easily take an Uber to a bar. Or his dad takes a salary and gives him an allowance because clearly even with he's an a allowance, idiot. you can still take an Uber to the bar. Clearly, he's a fucking idiot. Is that it though? Is it is it is it, is it a case where uh, Andy Reid had to give him a job because clearly, you know. He's just not responsible enough to hold on. Like, is this like the next level of nepotism? Of like, uh, a nepotism where it's not you're just giving him a job because he's your son. I mean, you're giving I'm, him a I'm job gonna... because he's your son, and that's all he can do because he can't go out and get a job by himself. I'm gonna feel bad for saying this, but Andy Reid, great football coach, but his sons have not turned out uh, well. You can't. It's not his can't... fault. I'm just saying. You can't blame a father for suicide, dude. You, That's... Can't, you can't say it's no, not his fault wait, and no, then start no, it by he saying... Died, he died of a heroin overdose, not okay. suicide. Okay, and so... Yeah, now you, you have a DWI. You can't say, you can't say I'm going to feel bad saying this and then say... And then say... Uh, it. And then say... No, no, not, no, not just I don't want to shit on someone to be like, oh, yeah, you're a terrible father type of thing. Like, I don't think that's... Nobody goes into it thinking, yeah, I'm going to be really awful to my children. Like, no, that's but not you started how it happens. You started off by saying, oh, he's a bad... He was a good football coach, but... <laughs> I don't want to throw him under the bus, but like it's just like so many qualifiers. Yeah, so many qualifiers. What are you um, gonna do? It's eagle. That's how you are. It's why we love you so much. Thanks, man. Still, though, the the top story in uh, football this week um, is the retirement of uh, Julian Edelman. Um, I kind of felt bad for him because the conversation became very quickly about how. He's not deserving of being a Hall of Famer, and I don't think that he is. Although, like, well, you don't think you don't think that he's deserving of Hall of Fame? Uh, statistically, he's okay. not. No, I just wanted to understand what you were saying. Yeah, I, I'm I'm kind of on the fence about it. Yeah. Yeah, like like here's the thing: if he gets in, I won't be mad. I'll be like, cool. I'm happy for the guy. He got in. If yeah. he doesn't get in, I won't be surprised. He's kind of like um, uh, Reggie Miller. You know what I mean? Like. Well, Reggie Miller never won anything. If Reggie Miller won one championship, yeah, but, we'd be talking about him as if he was top 10. Okay, but here's the thing. is like, So 
if if Julian Edelman has the exact same career for the Dolphins, he's not a better or worse player. He's not a more or less accomplished player. The win is a team accomplishment. No, I get that, but he was also a Super Bowl MVP. You have to consider yeah, that. Yeah. You know? Look, that's you know he that's had great. like a bunch. He has a bunch of like he has like Howard, a, Desmond Howard was a Super Bowl MVP. Desmond Howard won one Super Bowl with the Packers. Super Bowl MVP because of the kick return, not necessarily because of because but of still, the Super Bowl MVP. Yeah, and so was Dexter Jackson for the Buccaneers, and yeah. he's not getting in. So it, it, I, no, I get that. Guarantee a spot, right? Yeah, but they it, don't maybe. have they don't have the starting they don't have the starting uh, point of having all these accolades of having all a hundred hundred uh, like how many times did he pass a hundred a hundred uh, receptions in a year? Okay, so what if what if the player we're talking about was never an All Star? But was uh, Edelman an All Star? He was never an All Star. You. Ah, there you go. See, that's an argument against him, obviously. And so, like, so, thing is, thing is, I don't actually think anyone's making. I think it's like a bot argument, right? So, like, a bot says Julian Edelman in the Hall of Fame, and then people are arguing against the bot. I don't think real people are actually saying, "Oh no, he's a definite Hall of Famer." He's a guy who's like, you know what? I'd be happy if he makes the Hall of Fame. Nobody, I don't think anybody seriously considers him to be, you know, what slam dunk in three years, he better be there, or I'm, I'm just. Picketing against football, you know. Like, so I'd I'd be curious to figure story. out if there's any other what I'll refer to as slot receivers that you think are eligible for the Hall of Fame that didn't get in, or Walker. someone who is in the Hall of Fame as a slot receiver, which is kind of the baseline for someone. Like, are we talking a Wes Welker, a yeah. Charlie Joyner type of thing? Like, where do we draw the line? Darren Sproles, Wade, maybe? Wade Corbett. Well, Darren Sproles is a running back, but yeah, Darren Sproles, he, to me, he's making a case for the Hall of Fame. He's made a case for the Hall of Fame because but of how, how... None of them what? are in the Hall of Fame currently. Well, he just I got... I think equals point. He just retired like two years ago. No, but Charlie Joyner, I think he's eligible, but he hasn't gotten in yet. It's tough for a, for a slot um, receiver to get in, like, regardless of how many catches... Well, I think Wes Welker is going to end up getting in because he's kind of like the, the first... Of that, yeah. Kind. But if Wes Welker gets in, Edelman definitely gets in. Is my point, right? Yeah, I guess. And there was that video that was released this week of uh, Bilicek, uh when Edelman took his first. I love this. Punt, I love uh, this punt story. To the, the punt to the end zone, and then he looks at he goes to see Wes Welker who's injured, and Edelman is filling in for him, and he's like, "Wow, this guy's good. Like he's good." And then Wes Welker kind of is like, "Yeah, he can have it. He can have that." The, like the kick return position, like it's it's his. Like I don't want it anymore. And then Bilicek looks at him. He's like, "Oh yeah, way to compete." And then next year, Welker's gone. Like it's just this. It's just even, how it is. There's even like um, I heard that story, but I I heard something too where Belichick would often refer to him like because Belichick he gets he, he gets the reputation for being very uh, cold, but people who play for him say like he jokes around a lot. And uh, and he talks a lot of shit, and so he would he would constantly refer to uh, Wes Welker as Wally Pip. Wally Pip was famously the first baseman who got replaced by Lou Gehrig. Yeah, <laughs> and so he was basically saying, "Well, look, Lou Gehrig's coming." Yeah, yeah. Uh, Wally Pip, your time, your time is your time is. Yeah, short. that's in that video. I think he's like, you know, who Wally yeah. Pip is, and he's like, no, and he's like, well. Look you're up, look at him up, man, because you, you're Wally Pip. <laughs> you're Wally Pip, and you're looking at Lou Gehrig. Um, no, it's uh, it, it, it honestly. I think we li- we live in a strange time, and Alex the intern is the most guilty of this. Where oh. things are all either amazing, you're either the goat or you're shit. And it's like, no, there's a lot of greatness that's not the best. There's there's a lot of you know, good but not terrible. There's a lot of bad but not terrible. There's, there's varying degrees, and I think Edelman is somewhere in there. I think he's 
a very nice player. I think Jarvis Landry would have done the same thing for the for the Pats as Julian Edelman. I think Wes Walker did do the same thing. I I think the role was valuable, and I think he did a great job of that role, and that's all it is. It's going to be very hard. Uh, it's going to be a topic of conversation in five, six years when Edelman is eligible. Well, he's going to be eligible in two years, but when he's actually eligible and he's not getting enough votes, and yeah. then people be like, why not Edelman? Then all the Boston fans are going to come out and be like, he's got five Super Bowls. No, no, no. Right. Plus, he's white, and he played in Boston. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. <laughs> going to, you know, dig it up. But... Um, <laughs> Until they find out he's Jewish, then they'll be like, uh... uh, uh not sure, yeah. not sure. Um, yeah, no, but then I think that the ones who really come out the winners in this are Reggie Wayne and Heinz Ward, because people are saying, well, if, how can Edelman get in if Reggie Wayne and Heinz Ward aren't in? But I don't then, know how Heinz Ward is not in the Hall of Fame. argument about Edelman. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how Heinz Ward is not in the Hall of Fame. And Reggie Wayne, too. I mean, Reggie Wayne was sick. And how, I don't know how they're not in. Like, it, it's what did, It's really Oh, hard. they are. Zach oh, okay. Thomas isn't in the Hall of Fame, and, and like he has better numbers across the board than Brian Urlacher. Who's this? Zach Thomas. Oh, Zach Thomas. Yeah, Zach Thomas. He's not in the Hall of Fame. He's not in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, Thomas. That's crazy to me. Uh, that is crazy. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, uh, Brian Urlacher was known as like more of like a like an interception machine and stuff. And yeah. but it's 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 notoriously a difficult Hall of Fame to get into. It's it's not like baseball where there's all these things that they hold against players, but it's not like the NBA either, where basically you know if you're anybody gets good, you'll get in. If the thing is baseball, basketball is like if you if you won if you were on a good team, then you're gonna get in. That's basically but what it is. It's just they treat it like a museum. They really do treat it like a museum, right? Where it's like they want you to witness what uh, the Michael Jordan Bulls look like. They want you to. They're gonna want you to see uh, what the the big three were uh, in Miami. Yeah. Like they, they they want you to relive the history of the league in a different way than the NFL really honors its greats in a the sense. There isn't a perfect process. The best process, though, is to me is the is baseball. I love the way they do it. The only thing is that the people uh-huh. voting for baseball are the problem. It's the, the crustiest, people, oldest people in the world. Exactly, yeah. They need some young blood in there. They need some guys. They need some local writers, some new guys from ESPN, from from Fox, whatever. Guys that actually cover the sport now and not the same guys that covered it when fucking, uh, I don't All know, man. All these guys who owe their careers to steroids, by the way. Yeah, when Rick Monday. careers were saved by steroids. Exactly. So these guys need to leave. And they just need to let Pete Rose in and just say bygones be bygones and fuck it. Uh, Gronk was asked if uh, Edelman would come out of retirement like Gronk did last year and join the uh, the Tampa Bay Bucks. And we have this uh, video uh, from... Rob, how you doing, man? Welcome to LA. Look, I got to ask, Julian Edelman retiring? Can I get a... Yeah, he's a beast. He is a beast. Yeah, a lot of people caught off guard. I was, I was shocked, Julian, actually. Julian's all the competitor, man. Uh, Nothing but a huge crowd for Julian, man. He was a great teammate. Uh, three-time Super Bowl champ, MVP of the Super Bowl. Of course. You got to give it to Jules, man. He gave it his all, uh, his whole career, and uh, he was a wonderful teammate. Uh, had a lot of good times with him. And, uh, and fun to watch. He's going to keep on thriving. So let me let me ask you this, though. There's a, a, lot, of, a lot of people are asking now that he's done. Is he a Hall of Famer? Jules, yeah, he's he's a Patriot Hall of Famer for sure. A Patriot Hall of Famer, hundred percent. NFL Hall of Famer. Uh, I definitely think he has a great possibility of being a Hall of Famer. Uh, you know, the the regular season numbers maybe fall a tad short. His postseason numbers are incredible, right? Yeah, he's a beast. Uh, and it, I mean, 
the numbers just don't show everything that he brings to the table. Uh, you know, just the attitude and competitiveness that he has. So it's uh, more than just the numbers, obviously? Yeah, it's more than the numbers that, uh, that, that makes Julian Edelman. Is there any chance that he ends up in Tampa Bay like with you guys next year? <laughs> Has there... uh, 69% chance. <laughs> yeah. A 69% chance? Yes. Where are you getting that number from? Can I ask? Uh, that's just you ask if there's a chance. I give you a number. <laughs> All right. Look. Do you think he can see? He has another year right, in him. Buddy. Yeah. You He'll do. He'll be back. He'll be back. He'll be back. All right, you think? All right. Yeah. Camille, are you gonna put a ring? I love Gronk, man. Yeah, yeah. Gronk's the best. You can always get a good quote out of Gronk. I love it because, like, he's obviously skating on the whole Hall of Fame thing. You could tell he he barely even cares. Yeah. But then. The second he has a chance to make a 69 joke, he's all in the conversation. He's always on. <laughs> Gronk is always on. Yeah. He's, Gronk is always unapolog- unapologetically Gronk. He's unapologetically um, so. so in the NBA, uh, Greg Popovich, uh, he had something to say about the Dante Wright, um, the Dante Wright death. We're gonna we're gonna see a sound, we're gonna see a video about this uh, in a second. Uh, as I'm as I let Eagle bring that clip up. Uh, we obviously we're going to talk about this. This is a, a big. Uh, you see the video? Times does it I saw the video. I sent the video to our stomachs yes, as we did. might feel. You know, that individual's dead. He's dead, and his family's grieving, and his friends are grieving, and we just keep moving on as if nothing's happening. It's. You know, I, I've said it before. I, I think we're already in the process of being Rome. Uh, it's it's over uh, unless we find some leadership and some common sense and some fiber and some people that can steer us in the right direction. Get it? No free ads. Um... He's right, man, and it's it's gets to a point. It's like this girl, this girl cop who thought she was holding her taser, and shoots off her gun. It just proves my point that what I've been saying this entire time. We don't have a problem. I mean, I don't want to say we don't because I'm not. I mean, it doesn't affect me. I haven't been affected by this, but we don't really have a problem with, um, with racism, and there are racist people out there. But the problem we have with these police officers is that they don't know how to react. In, in stressful situations because they're not trained properly. Everybody's saying defund the police. There shouldn't be defunding the police. You should be putting more money into getting the right people in there. Not but so a- the, the defund the police is also it's been it's been co-opted. It actually means the redistribution of police funds. Exactly. Be, rather than just hiring enforcers, you're hiring services for the police so that they can become better at their job, so that they have support, so that they can deal with the traumas that they're dealing with on the force, so that you have uh, you have uh, what's it called a you know psychological workers who can address situations that don't involve that don't necessarily involve uh, you know enforcement and so on and so forth. Uh, here's the thing with, with Dante Wright. Um, yeah, there was a warrant out for his arrest. D- do we want police officers to kill people without trial because there's a warrant out for their arrest? Last I no, checked, no. they were trying to arrest checked, him. Fleeing from a police officer isn't an automatic death sentence. If anything, it would have added to his warrant, which they could have 
they could have acted on at any point in the future. You go to his house and you arrest him there. Like, if not, if not for that person, we're not having this conversation because they were trying to arrest him when they did. The, they ran the check on and they see there was a warrant out for his arrest. Okay, fine. So they're trying to arrest him. At first, he's giving in. He's like, okay, arrest me. And then he tries to run in his car. Both the cops that were trying to arrest him were trying to just pull him out of the car. They didn't have their guns drawn or anything. Which is what you're supposed to do, right? The guy's not being violent. He's just trying to run away from you. You know what I mean? And this girl, she's like, I'm going to tase you. I'm going to tase you. I'm going to tase you. And she shoots him in the freaking ribs or wherever she shot him. And it just boggles my mind how she didn't even realize that she had a, she had a gun in her hand. That's the part that scares me is that they're not aware. They're not they're, – they're, they're, they're too desensitized to, to right away thinking, okay, I have to pull out my gun just in case this guy pulls out a gun on me. Yeah. Like we don't know what he was going to do. L- let him drive away. You know what I mean? Like at that point. Here's here's the thing, Terry. Um, I recognize that this this case specifically was uh, a mistake, right? And there's some jobs where mistakes matter more. If I mispronounce someone's name on a podcast, I'm gonna be okay, right? Like my job's really not that important. I make fart jokes and talk about sports. Yeah, like when you called David Sanchez, David Sanchez, David. Yeah, a couple of times. It's a mistake. It sucks. A lot of times. I don't like making mistakes either. But this is a mistake where you took someone's life, right? Um, now, Terry, if you accidentally kill somebody, that's manslaughter. You go to prison for that, right? So many times when a police officer makes this mistake, they not only get away with the crime of manslaughter because it's still accidental murder, they also, in some cases, get to keep their jobs. And I was talking to someone recently. I said, you know, because we we're talking about the Derek Chauvin case, and I said, you know, the Rodney King riots didn't start because of the beatings. They started because there was no accountability of the Rodney King beatings. Exactly. That basically those cops got off scot-free. And if if that happens again with Derek Chauvin, if that happens again in this case, then we're going to see protests. We're going to see riots because there can't continue to be more accountability for guys like you and I who have no training than for people whose livelihood it is to hold a firearm. To just update on this case, she has resigned. The police chief of her station has resigned, and she has been charged with second-degree manslaughter. Whether she's actually going to be found guilty or not is an entirely different conversation, but the, the legal process has begun in this situation. Well, the same thing with Chauvin, right? And I don't think he's going to see a day in prison. That's but that's gonna cause issues because I know, but he's not gonna see a day in prison. We 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 saw it happen. We saw someone narrate his own death. Everyone saw it happen. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, like, and I, I love how they're trying to say all oh, the toxicology reports said he had all these drugs inside, and he did have those drugs inside, and maybe that would have caused the problem. But realistically, this guy had his knee on his throat while his hands were in his pocket, like it was very nonchalant, and that's yeah, so, the problem that we're dealing with. Here. So Terry, if you, smoke you a, be- if you smoke a joint later and I shoot you in the head, I still shot you in the head. Whether or not you smoked a joint, right? Like it doesn't no, matter. There was two. There was two. Um, there was two autopsies done. One of them said that he died from asphyxiation. The other one said he died from uh, a heart failure. And heart failure could be caused by the drugs. Asphyxiation because he had his knee on his on his throat. But anyway, could, uh, heart heart issues can also happen when you're not receiving oxygen. By the exactly, way, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> you learn that in first aid. By the way, in the first eight seconds. But yeah, that, and then for that reason, I also want to draw attention to uh, Karan uh, Nazario's um, traffic stop. He was stopped by police uh, for not having a uh, license plate visible. He was worried, so he drove to a 
uh, gas station, which was a quarter mile down the road, because it was it was very well lit and he knew there were cameras there, so he stopped there, and with the cameras there and with the daylight, he still was uh, pepper sprayed while showing both of his hands to the police officer. He was still ripped out of his car. He was wearing his military uniform, which, by the way, Colin Kaepernick disrespecting the military, but this isn't disrespecting the military. <laughs> um, still thrown to the ground. He would. He told the police officer, I'm scared to get out of my vehicle. Why are you asking him to get out of his vehicle, by the way? Yeah. Um, like he, He's not – there's no reason from what I saw in the video that you would ask him to get out of the car. But anyway, he's saying he's scared. And the police, the police officer's answer was, first, he said, you're scared? You should be. And the next thing he said was, oh, don't worry. When you're done with this, you'll be riding the lightning. What does that mean? Uh, electric chair. It's a reference to electric chair. It's funny because I'm a Metallica fan. I don't even know what that meant. Yeah, that's. And now I just realized the cover of the album too. Yeah, <laughs> it's all there. <laughs> uh, that's. But there's a video of that. There's a video of this. It's just really long. I didn't include it in the show. Not so him getting the electric chair, Terry. Of him getting. <laughs> all right. Okay. I was gonna ask. Imagine oh, you get the electric chair because you in front of the car. And again, he's wearing his military fatigues at the time that this is happening. Imagine you imagine you get imagine you get the electric chair because you didn't have a license plate showing. That's crazy. <laughs> and then you have somebody defending it, be like, "Yeah, well, he should have." Like, yeah, because everyone has the right to know that your car is a license. It brought attention to the issue. Wait, <laughs> brought attention to the issue. Um, but you know what? Like you know, these are obviously terrible things, and we want to light things up a bit. So. Uh, I will lighten it up with the joke. I just don't, I, again, I don't want to. I want to make sure that people don't think I'm trivializing it. Um, the worst case, the saddest case of the week is that love is dead. Um, a Rod and J Lo splitting up, and I think it's because he wants to buy the T Wolves, and J Lo's like, I'm not moving to Minnesota. Um, did you see the video of like somebody recording like all of J Lo's pictures with with A Rod and it has like a cutout of like the sand and it says Jen plus Alex like it's very cute. I think he posted it. Oh, that's, that does sound pretty. Yeah, cute. that's why man. Like if if if, if J Lo and A Rod aren't gonna make it, do, do any of us have a, have a hope in the world, Terry? Not only that is like if if you break up with J Lo, like that's the worst person to, like to see out and about. Like J Lo is like she gets better with age. You know yeah. what I mean? So it's like it's like. She's always getting hotter, so she's always gonna get somebody better than you. And like, it's not—it's not even that she's doing like the the Chloe thing of like having to manicure every picture uh, that she puts out there. You know what I mean? So like, I you mean, know, no matter what, she's always looking good. You know, because she gets pictures taken of her all the time, and she's she just always looks incredible. It's out of this world. Cool. Hey, you know what? If he buys, if he bought the T Wolves, and good for him. I mean, he wanted to own the Mets, and that didn't yeah. work out for him, so. So it's, uh, it's like, what's yeah. the next shitty franchise I can buy? <laughs> oh, the T Wolves. <laughs> but he, so, like, I love, I love a couple things about this. One is that, uh, you know, in all seriousness, it does, you know, especially according if you believe Jose Canseco, uh, A Rod was not faithful to uh, to Jennifer Lopez, um, and I be, I find it hard to believe that someone who served, you know, a hundred plus game suspension for steroids would be caught cheating. <laughs> You know, uh, but the other part of this, the other Eagle, part of this is is the the current owner Glenn Taylor. He uh, he's selling the team to Mark Lore and A Rod. He's he's going to still be on the be part of the managing group for two years before he leaves. And in the contract, it says that they can't move the team. Now, how quickly do you think the the team is going to move to Seattle 
and and uh, yeah, how fast do you think A Rod rips up that contract? You th- yeah, oh man, that's a good call. I mean, is Minnesota like a bad basketball market? Like, I don't know. Well, it's just Milwaukee's really close to Chicago, um, so I I just think. Why are it's- we talking about Milwaukee? Oh, sorry, I we are Minnesota. <laughs> I don't know. Milwaukee's Milwaukee's not a great. Uh, Minnesota's another one of those teams that the, the OS is going to be moving. Uh, but yeah, we're not we're not. The, the Minnesota is not a huge market. Um, and Seattle, of course, is one of those teams that are kind of like the Expos that, like, the fans have never died kind of thing. Um, oh, they're going to have two teams in Seattle? They don't have a team in Seattle. Oh, okay. The Super, I was thinking Supersonics. That became the... Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, now they're Oklahoma, but before that, they were something else, right? No, they were Oklahoma. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Um, there's there's even like actually the you can actually see Kevin Durant playing for the Sonics. There's actual uh, yes, or he was video. drafted by them, right? Yeah. Um. So what's, yeah, what's so, more likely to happen that the Washington football team becomes the something prime, or the basketball team that moves to Seattle becomes the Seattle prime? I say yes. I no. I I, I think I think Aaron's going to hold on to the team with with Mark Lord because Mark Lord is very rich. Um. But I think they're moving to Seattle because A-Rod's very concerned with what other people think about him. And he's already beloved in Seattle. So, like, I can see him going for, like, a second, like, tour of A-Rod in, in Seattle. I can see him yeah. building himself a parade. Yeah. I mean, good for him. Good for fucking A-Rod. Finally getting something done. And he's, yeah, I would like to see a basketball team in Seattle. I think Seattle's like a booming town, right? Now they're getting the crack in for the NHL, which is probably the worst name of all time. And for and to your point, Eagle Washington, I don't think that's ever going to happen because Dan Snyder just bought out everybody. He, he's the sole owner of the fucking. Well, that's why we think it's going to happen. Why uh, because okay, he's going to so make yeah. more money when he sells he's it. He's going to flip it. Yeah, flip this team, and he's going to have his own reality TV show. Because one, when, one when Jeff Bezos pulls out like four billion dollars from his couch cushion to buy the team, I don't think Zach, I don't think Snyder. I don't think uh, Snyder's going to fight him on it. Dan Snyder, not. I want Zach Snyder there, guys. I got to tell you. Uh, when you guys get your vaccine, prepare to have a, a rough couple of days. It's I'm exhausted. Really, <laughs> yeah? I have one side effect, and it's my god, am I sleepy? <laughs> my right, god, let's, get, let's go through rapid fire then. Yeah, we'll do rapid fire. I'll try not to fall asleep. All right, rapid fire. First topic: uh, Who is annoying the host? Aaron Rodgers has recently taken over hosting Jeopardy for the couple of weeks that are going to be going on now and next week, and he's been uh, having some good sass sessions with some of the uh, people. Here's one of them. In the 1960s, these Midwesterners earned five NFL championship trophies. Green Bay Packers. <laughs> <laughs> Dennis, go again, I guess. for 600. They swept over the NBA, winning the title every year from 1959 to 1966. Eric? We're the Boston Celtics. Oh, you know that one, huh? (laughs) He's good, though. He's good at it, though. I I like this. Um, I got a question for Eagle. What do you think about A-Rod, your quarterback? Because since you're a Green Bay Packers fan, your quarterback hosting Jeopardy in the offseason. I don't understand it is the best way I can describe it. Because is he starting the next portion of his career and looking to go the Tony Romo route? And so putting his face out there with the Pat McAfee appearances and now Jeopardy. Like, is this the next stage of his agent telling him to promote his brand? Or is he just, fuck it, I got nothing better to do in the offseason. Let's just go. 
That's right. I think it's more Space Jam than it is uh, Tony Romo. I don't think he has. I don't think Aaron Rodgers has much of an interest for play-by-play as much as he has an interest doing things like Jeopardy. He he seems to be one of these characters who's just interested in a lot of different things. Yeah. And it's not like Jeopardy doesn't play pay well. Aaron Rodgers is going to have a post a post career kind of like Derek Jeter's, where I think he's going to disappear for a little bit, and then he'll suddenly buy into a team somewhere in California where he's from, or I don't know what. You know, I think that that's what Aaron Rodgers' post career is going to look like. I don't see him in the limelight. I don't think he likes it that much, honestly. I think he likes to talk to people that he likes to talk to, and this is an opportunity for him. He just said, "Fuck it, I'm bored." Like you said, even when he's doing it, good for him. Fuck it. I love the Green Bay fans who think that the show is recorded like every single day, and and not that they do like forty episodes a week because they do. Like they they record the whole season of Jeopardy over two weeks, basically. They record Uh, the the whole week because it's the same contestants in one day. Yeah, well, they 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 record a whole bunch of them like back to back to back to back, and then they just air them once a week. But so like people talking about how like you know he should be preparing for the season like. This is his off. It's literally his off time. It it doesn't conflict with his NFL schedule at all. So like, do people ask you to pick up garbage when you're in uh, Riviera yeah, exactly. Maya? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> all right. Next, uh, and please help me pronounce this. Ephesus. 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 Ephesus statement. In an effort to maintain effectiveness as he's aged, Zach Greinke has added a new pitch to his repertoire, the Ephus pitch, coming in at a blasting 51 miles per hour. Oh, he actually named the pitch? I don't know if no, he it, named it. No, it's been named like by someone in name. the past. Oh, okay. Yeah. But isn't like a, isn't it like a, like a changeup? It's different than a changeup because a changeup looks to mimic your fastball. This just has a lot of movement and is coming in insanely slow. It's like... It's closer to like a palm ball or a or a knuckle ball than it is a changeup. A changeup is you uh, you kind of throw it so it comes out fast and then it just dips and it changes. Uh, yeah, like your your arm levels, action, right? your arm action is identical to your fastball. It's just your grip is different, so the ball has a lot more spin and and and, and how, uh, or different how, spin rather. How people have come up with these fucking things is crazy to me. Yeah, like it doesn't make sense to me how they've come up with like the way you hold the ball and. All these different things. That's why baseball is so impressive to me. I'm, uh, by the way, I declared myself last week a uh, baseball guy for the year. So I saw I saw it on Twitter. I yeah, I'm it. a baseball guy. I, uh, I've been watching I, the Mets games. I'm sold. I'm in. Michael Conforto, leaning into the ball. You became a baseball guy. Yeah, there you go. Michael Conforto, leaning into the pitch. Love it. I'm all for it. Uh, I, 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 as a Mets fan, I, was actually, I, was, I actually thought that was kind of lame. I will say, <laughs> I will say, I was watching a game. A game. I think it was. I don't know if it was that game. It was from that Marlins series where they talked about Degrom's record as the Mets starter, and like he has something like a two point oh four ERA and X amount of starts, and he has like a losing record in those starts. The Mets are the worst organization in baseball. But they're looking up now. We're gonna yeah. win the ship this year. We're going for it. Hope so. <laughs> I like, like Luthor. Yeah. Next, uh, sharp observation. Uh, the, the undisputed Shannon Star, uh, Sharp was uh, fooled by the internet and reacted to a fake KD tweet. And this was his uh, commentary on broadcast. Better than even LeBron James. But very few people were willing to go there. And then he like, because he said it, if LeBron James is the GOAT, I beat the GOAT twice and hit the shots in his building, what does that make me? It wasn't about what well, I will be. Better than even LeBron James. 
I love how they can just find any reason to take any analysis on anything. Welcome to sports radio and media. I love it, man. It's I've, I've fallen for fake accounts. I fell for uh, – what was the fake account I fell oh, for? It was like one of the, the Montreal Canadiens trades or something, right? Because even Alex, even Alex the intern made fun of you. That's how stupid you were. <laughs> no, I don't oh. think it was. I don't think no, it was that, that, that one was me. But I will say, you know, on my end, I don't go to the show with it unless I've double and triple checked the source, <laughs> yeah, right? Like, so, like, and we we don't have the staff that Fox has. We have Eagle. Eagle is the one person to make sure we don't come off as complete assholes. So we need to do a lot of our own work, right, Terry? So exactly. I find it surprising how it passes all those levels of editors on a show like that. My favorite thing about this, though, Terry, I don't know if you saw Katie's reaction, because Shannon Sharp, after Katie said, I never said this, Shannon Sharp blocked KD, and then KD responded with a, with a screenshot saying, and I'm sensitive. <laughs> <laughs> but KD's good on Twitter, but he's also awful on Twitter. I remember so, with the tweet that I, I, I felt like for. we're just, like, KD's been, he's been kind of joking around, too. Like, he just has a bit of a different sense of humor, and we're only now starting to understand what that sense of humor is. Yeah. Because um, it's coming out in ways like this, where, where yeah, no, obviously, obviously, it's funny. And Shannon Sharp can't take a joke at his expense. I, I, I've hated on KD for a while, but I watched the, the Nets against the Lakers the other day, and he just he made a dunk. He took the ball. He inbounded the ball, and he just went full court, and he made a dunk. He was he, His arms are so long. He was on the, on the baseline, and he still dunked it over. I don't know whose head, and I was like, this guy is at an, on another planet. On Indefensible. Planet. Indefensible. Yeah. All right. Next, make it rain. Uh, I'm not sure if you guys saw this week. The Raptors-Knicks game was delayed due to rain. A uh, few details that might be relevant for you. One, the game was not in the Sky Dome or some weird place where they couldn't close the roof. It was in Madison Square Garden, which, in case you didn't know, is a completely indoor venue. They had a leak on their roof. So before COVID, uh, Terry... Myself and Duke the Graphite were supposed to go on a road trip to go get a laptop that was forgotten in New York City. <laughs> yes, um, I know the story. And our plan was to go watch Pacers Knicks um, at MSG. And now I'm realizing, Terry, we got to do this soon because that that state that uh, that arena is not going to be open for much longer. It's an old arena. It's dying. It looks better from the outside than it does the inside. No, um, the inside's beautiful. No, it's 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 old and beaten up. It's old and beaten up. I've only been there. Players once, hate I, it. I was there two years ago, and I've I like it. I mean, I guess I like the atmosphere more than anything else. Yeah, we gotta we gotta make sure we go there, and we gotta take Corey Kennedy up on his offer to go see the Cubs because oh, sure. we need to see these these stadiums before we don't have the chance to see them. Oh, again. I've seen Wrigley Field. Wrigley Field is is uh, is never go- it's not going away. It's actually in very good shape. Yeah, Wrigley Field is in beautiful shape. Wrigleyville, great by the way. Which right. it's Next. like it's like the city around it's like a little oh, it looks okay. like a little town around it's like where a bunch of restaurants and stuff are and it's and it's like it's turfed so it's like you're walking on the diamond it's really it's really cool to be oh, it's kind of like willie may's way in uh in san francisco, san francisco yeah. All right, next, Philly Special. Uh, a recent article by The Athletic outlines a tough working situation in Philadelphia where owner Jeffrey Lurie questioned uh, many of the of coach, and I want to mention you wrote this, Dog Peterson, his name is Doug, decisions, and often undermined him when it came to retaining or firing coaches and staff. Is this just the Eagles screwing up their franchise after finding some success? 
Yes, absolutely. And then they hire Nick Sariani, who uh, can't speak clearly. Or they, at all. They're can't an speak awful organization. The English language. They really, um, they really got lucky. They proved how lucky they were that they won the Super Bowl because they were on a pace to go nowhere for the next 30 years. They're the worst organization. It's, it's, it's pretty – like the thing is, and I, and I see people all over the internet again, and the reaction to this is largely, oh, well, tough working situation. You know, it must be really hard being a millionaire. Listen, a shitty work environment is a shitty work environment. You wouldn't like it either, regardless of what people are paying you. The fact that they paid him so much is probably why he even stayed. Because if it's any other job, Dog Peterson would have been like, I'm out of here. I'm fucking Dog here. Peterson, man. He's always fucking around. And last topic for this week, naked lunch. Uh, Quebec a Minister of Parliament uh, William Amos was caught naked on a Zoom call during a virtual House of Commons question period. His reasoning was... Oh, I just finished going for a jog and I was changing into my work clothes and didn't realize my video feed was on. Listen, this is an, uh, this is a, a completely honest mistake. And I've, I'm not going to take anything away from him. He shouldn't lose his job. It's literally an honest mistake. But like, how dumb can you be to just not look at the light on your camera, on, yeah. your, on your laptop? I always look at my screen. Every time I'm not doing something where I, I don't want people to watch, and I look at my screen to see if the light is on. The light is on right now. I know you can see me. That's how it's not. It's it's not rocket science. This is it's a not March, like being an MP in Parliament. This is a March or April 2020 mistake. It's not an April 2021 mistake. I get it if um, you're new to Zoom. I get it if you've never had to use this before. Um, I I understand all that. By this point. You know how to use this software. The fact that I've never, and I am terrible with technology. Eagle can attest to it. Without we Eagle's all, help, we all can I, attest to it. I would, you would never see me on air if, if, if Eagle and I had never met. Um, and I've never been naked on Nautos for work. Let that be known. So this dude is worse at technology than I am. Maybe he's not qualified for his job. It's, it's not because he was naked. It's that he's. You need to be able to use a computer in 2021. Exactly. That's why. That's. And that's, that's it. it for this week, boys. That's all we got. Good stuff, man. Good stuff. Right. Uh, do we have we got balls coming out uh, tomorrow? I don't know. I haven't checked the schedule. Yeah, no, it's it's not on the schedule. They haven't reached out, but yeah, so we should be getting we got balls uh, coming out this week. It's a new basketball podcast, basketball centric. Uh, they'll be talking about other sports as well, but uh, hopefully that they can get it done as soon as possible. And uh, I'm looking forward to that. Stephen Zhang had Dick Irvin on, Dick Irvin Jr. last week. Yeah. And it was a great interview, unedited too. So you can hear uh, Zhang's mom vacuuming in the background. That's awesome. Fantastic. Uh, The best part about that interview is because they didn't tell me that there was that piece that they to tell me edit out. So Zhang went to go tell his mom to stop vacuuming. So it left Shtib alone with Dick Irvin. Probably the funniest 30 seconds of my life. We need to turn that 30 seconds into a clip. Yeah, I want to, but uh, yeah. We'll see. We'll see. But it's pretty good. You can watch it on the show. Yeah, definitely. We'll check it out. Uh, Again, we offer a lot. We offer Stephen Zhang. We offer uh, Not Sauce for Work. We offer Weekly Sauce. We offer Healthy Scratch. We have our articles. Uh, We have a ton of information coming at you all the time. Um, We we would like all of you people to go out there. We want you to subscribe. We want you to follow us. We want you to like and comment. Remember that advertising is how we can keep this show free for all of you who enjoy it. So, we need money. We don't want to have to sell Eagle's body in the streets. 
We don't Again. want you to have Super Eagle's body. We want you to have Eagle's body for free, consensually, of course. But in order to do that, in order to get Eagle's body for free, you need to subscribe, hit like, hit subscribe, leave a comment. And visit mikespbq.mtl.com and use Hot Sauce 10 for 10% off the entire site. Also, they have a golf charity tournament that we are all going to be playing in. Visit there, join the tournament. Uh, Thank you, Terry, uh, for everything you've done today. This was kind of a a mixed bag show. We had some serious, we had some funny, it was a good time. Uh, Eagle, thank you for everything you've done. And of course, thank you all for letting me be myself you've been listening to hot sauce sports 